Welcome everyone, another episode of Motorsport Republica. We're on tour today, we've got our special guest Damien Cullen from the Sherwood Estate here. I so. hope that sign's in the background too. Oh, mate, it definitely is, it definitely <laughs> is. Definitely gives you a good plug. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah thank welcome. you, mate. Yeah, thanks for making the journey up. You guys have had a big day already. Yeah, it was a 4 a.m. start, a yeah. Melbourne flight, and then a five-hour drive. So it's been a, it's been a big one. I applaud All worth your it. commitment, that's for sure. <laughs> thanks, mate. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> we do anything for motorcycling in Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it. we do. What's been going on? How's life? Life's good, mate. Life's uh, keeping me busy here at the Sherwood Estate. As, yep. you, as you can see, it's um, it's a lot of time I've got to spend on the mower these yeah, days. Definitely. But yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm actually quite enjoying it, to be honest. Like, I know it probably sounds a bit funny, but doing something that's non-motorcycle related mm. um, for a change for me has actually been kind of nice, you know. So I enjoy doing what I'm doing here and, um, yeah, glad you guys could see it. Yeah, no, nah, this place is beautiful. Yeah, it's an absolutely stunning place, yeah. mate. Again, we appreciate you having us in. No worries. It didn't take much convincing to have that first beer anyway, did it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think it was a second pause before yeah. I said yes, so I appreciate that. The Thanks whole, for hospitality. The whole way up, Tom was like, it needs to be beers. It needs to be beers. Yeah, yeah, we should have planned this um, bit better. For the next yeah. one, you have to make it an overnighter. I yeah. think so, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you still in contact with the bike industry D-Days or...? Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I mean, I'm still... I guess I'm still involved with it, with the Moto Start stuff, you know, like um, all the training and events and coaching days and things yep. that I still do. So, like, I am still... Got a toe in yep. the in the in the pond there, but um, you know, as I'm getting older and um, and, and more and more focus is shifting to this place, and um, but I, you know, I'm still a mad obsessed bike nut. You know, yep. I still love watching it. You know, haven't been doing a lot of the Fox Sports stuff yep. recently this year, but um, I still haven't missed much of it. You know, like I've still watched mm. almost every session all year because I just That's enjoy awesome. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So what's what's Motorstars look like for you? Is it is it a, a monthly event? Is it a weekly event? Is it something you are on all the time? Or? Yeah, well, look, I mean, when it started, I, I, I guess the um, uh, the motivation was it, was it was about the time I was coming home from Europe and kind of retiring or looking to retire, and I was looking at what I'm going to do next. Um, and one of the the things that I noticed in Europe the most was. Um, just how good the junior programs were, you know, like and how yeah. many good juniors and that were over there. And I realised like this place didn't really have much of that going on it at all. So yeah, um, that that was why I started it, and and that's that's where that all kicked off. And in the beginning, you know, but I guess because it was so new, um, it was pumping, it was thriving. You know, yeah. like every kid who wanted to try road race and come to us. I mm. mean, they still do, but in in the beginning because it was so new, it was really popular. And then, um, you know, and then COVID hit, um, that kind of stuffed all the momentum that we kind of had. And then yeah. since then, um, I guess there's other series and other things that are, you know, available to them now. So they've got at least a lot more choice than they had when I started, that's yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Like the Oceana Cup. Are you being involved in that? Yeah. In the his- yeah. Yeah, yeah, it helps, so. uh, you know, sort of, I was there in the original yep. um, yeah. Oceana Junior Cup and I coached for, for a couple of years and... Um, you know, that's seen some good talent come yeah. out of that now too. Definitely. You can see yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah. I and mean, it always takes a couple of years for that sort of yeah. fruit to come through. And um, you can see it now. Carter Thompson, he won the, the first Oceana Junior yeah. Cup championship. And, um, you know, he's in the Red Bull Rookies Cup. But yeah. he, he could be a potential kid in, in Moto3 soon, you know. So yeah. it, it definitely works. Definitely. So just talk us through as well, like, 
we've obviously got those awesome pathways now. What about when you were growing up? How, I guess, difficult was it maybe without those coming through the ranks for yourself? Yeah. Um, look, I wish there was a Red Bull Rookies Cup yeah, back then. Sure. You know, Asia <laughs> Talent Cup. Like those things, I think, are the best new um, things for young up-and-coming riders, particularly those that haven't got, you know, endless finances behind them like family money or something like that like this is a chance for for you to get in be selected on your merit on your speed and your ability um you know on your size lots of those things are factors in the selection process but like you actually are given a shot like it's a it's it's a a paid for ride you know i mean you got to get yourself there Mm. Uh, it's still going to cost you something over the season but um that was never around when i was when i was a kid you know uh having said that i got to be honest and i think it's even harder now for, for for young for young riders to make it onto the big stage like in yeah, grand prix well, okay. um because when i was a, a, around i mean you know look I, I remember sort of ambulance chasing i'd call it like yeah. I'd, I'd go to bsb rounds or world superbike meets have a look in the ambulance look who's got a broken arm all oh, right you know he's going to be out for a couple of races <laughs> and i'll be dropping business cards in their pit in their pit box you know like and that's how i slid in a few times and um whereas now uh it's it's a lot harder you know the, so competitive it, it is all competitive through the, all through the categories yeah. and, and, and sponsors make such a big big difference you know yeah. the, these guys are are dragging sponsors with them to the teams and stuff yeah. and um you know so the finances certainly makes uh, a big difference these days unfortunately yeah it sucks in a way doesn't it it does yeah i mean i wish i wish there was more sort of raw talent coming through but at the end of the day i still believe um if you are exceptional mm-hmm. you know if you are that good um it can be done with of no course money it can. Yeah. you, you yeah. know it can be done just just like the the route you said like asia talent cup red bull rookies cup i can tell you now if you turn up there and dominate that thing you will go into the moto three world championship mm-hmm. yeah you'll get a crack and i think that's mm-hmm. fantastic yeah. Like yeah. that, that, that yeah. is a pathway for someone with no money huge ability that that, that can do it but yeah. you've got to be You've got to be over. You've got to be the man. You've you got to be that good, you know? Well, it's interesting as well. You know, Australia's got such a small population. Realistically, compared to football or whatever here, motorcycling isn't huge, but we're still able to have, you know, yourself in Grand Prix racing, Casey Stoners, Mick Doohan, people, yeah. Jack Miller, have, you know, they're still dominated the world stage. So yeah. there's obviously a lot of a lot to it. And what we are talking about even before the pod, um flat track's always a big yeah. thing you see the rise in the 80s and the 90s yeah um they were doing a whole lot of speedway flat track and that's so important to 100%. obviously any rider now you look at rossi's ranch or colin, yeah, edwards, colin edwards you yeah. know they've all got flat track that's what you have to do that's right yeah. yeah and i mean i think like one thing australia does have going for it is i mean look around the properties here you know every you know everyone in the country's got space mm. yeah um you know, I don't get any complaints about noise of motorbikes out here, mate, because they've all got them too. You <laughs> yeah, know, so they all the get they all get a chance in the country out here for space, and yeah. they get a chance to ride. Yeah, and they're not all locked up for six months of the year in snow and freezing conditions either. You know, like you could That's ride right. all year round. It's a bit odd outside at the moment, but you can still, <laughs> still ride get around. Out there. So, like, I think that um, is a big advantage for Aussie riders. I think that's why we've always been successful in it. It's a great mm. point. But, but mm. um, the business side of it is the hard bit you know the business side of it um the sponsors the um the audience you know yeah that's the hardest thing for aussie riders and it was always the hardest thing for me i mean i used to go to these teams and i i'd go expecting a paycheck you know i've got a ride for for money you know and um other guys were were bringing money 
That's right. And uh, that suddenly things. makes you very expensive, you know, of course. sticking yeah. your hand out, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a great point you make. And um, when we were talking to Brian, uh, Tom made a really good point. And I don't think any of us realizes how much you see uh, people ride for the love of it, but yeah. they think about money. Like you yeah. kind of forget how important that is because if you're not able to have a living, then what yeah. are we doing, you know? And I think a lot of people forget that. I mean, I guess it depends on your approach and maybe even your background, your personal situation and stuff. I mean, um, like when I went to Europe, my my goal really was to earn a living racing motorbikes. Mm. You know, like mm. that was it. If I like, I love racing motorbikes. I love traveling around. I loved, um, you know, being in that arena and everything. And I thought if I could get paid and um, and live off this, how good's that? Yeah. You know, and like that was the original goal yep. you know but it's funny how your goals change mm-hmm. um as you as you go along you know suddenly like just getting paid to to race is okay and then the next thing you want that factory ride and then and then the next thing you get the factory ride and it's and and it's not as good as you thought it was mm-hmm. and, and, and you know sometimes like now that i'm retired i i wish i had a bit more fun um, during that experience mm. a little bit like i do regret sometimes having that much pressure on but we're all the same we're all yeah. that same sort of beast if you don't put that pressure on yourself you, you don't do any good in the first place that's you know right what I mean? you're gonna get those yeah. rides <laughs> yeah so i guess you got to have a balance and things but um yeah it's a strange a strange scenario but yeah like i, I think earning a living racing motorbikes is, a, is the best thing ever and, it, and we enjoyed ourselves didn't didn't get rich so to speak out of it but certainly rich in life experience yeah. Yeah. and we, we um saw the whole world and did what i got to do for, for a living it was it was great you know and now i can look back and be sort of happy with that you yeah know? yeah no that's uh that's great and you know that's awesome to hear and how i'm kind of fascinated how did you get into the endurance world championship and i guess to follow up on that how fucking hard is it to race 24 <laughs> hours on yeah. a motorcycle yeah well, I guess, um, like, it's fucking hard. <laughs> um, the first part of that question, how did I get into it? Well, I got into it for the money. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, because back then, you know, in France, it's like the Le Mans 24-hour is the biggest yep. race in France. I mean, it makes the MotoGP there look pretty yep. pretty average, you know. So, um, and I felt like I slipped in at a really good time, Um you know, I, I first went to England and I was looking for a, a job in BSB or something like that. Like I said, ambulance chasing. Look who was in the back. I replaced Cal Crutchlow once. You know, there was that stuff. That doesn't yeah. surprise yeah. me. Yeah. In, the, yeah. in the back of the ambulance. I'm like, oh, it's him again. And um, so I slid in there. Um, and then uh, and then what happened was uh, there was a ride going in the endurance team, phase one endurance. And they were... Um, you know, they'd been around for a long time. They'd won world championships and that before. And my old teammate here in Australia, um, Tony Rees, had ridden for him. He was the old, older fella in the team back then. I was only 17 or 18. Anyway, he said, oh, um, look, you know, you should give Damo a go. He's over there flat around in England and he'll, he'll, he'll ride anything. You know, he's desperate to get on. So I got in there and um, and I, in my pra- I was there as a reserve rider and in my practice session i said to my wife amy i said look i've got to sort of show myself here otherwise i won't get invited back you know and um and i sort of said to her look i'm either 
I'm either going to do a good lap time or I'm going to throw it over the fence, but I'm going to make it, you know, like I'm going to have a go, make them notice. And I got pole position in that session. And after that, they said, well, you know, you can stay stay around, you know, we'll have you for the next few races. And then, then I suddenly realized, wow, the money's good in yeah. this, you know, there's a big crowd, big audience, huge sponsors. And so that's why I got into endurance. Like I never really went there with the target of being endurance world champion. I just, I just thought, hey, this is a good way to make, make a few bucks. And I did that and I got... Uh, you know i was there for a long time yeah you know? it's it's yeah. amazing how little moments in your life yeah. can change everything and <laughs> yeah. especially we talk to a lot of motor racing people that's that one lap it's that one race it's yeah. that one move that can change a whole career yeah, you know, yeah. it just sit, always sits on a have those you know, sliding doors yeah. sort of moments yeah it sits on the edge of a cliff and and you, you've one day you've got it the next day you don't it's yeah, just yeah. such a, a fickle game it so. is it is mm. there's a million stories like that that i can tell you didn't work out so well <laughs> um but yeah you're right you know those yeah. opportunities are the things you got to sort of make the most of and grab them with both hands mm. because you never yeah. know when they're coming around again and thankfully that was one that yeah got me a job there and i rode for them for a couple of years and then i rode for other teams and um you know i i rode on and off in endurance for about uh what's that 2002 was the first time so about 15 years yeah. um in that game and it was always something that i could always even even after MotoGP gp or anything I, I i was something i could go back to you yeah. know because i had runs on the board so yeah endurance really paid our way in europe um for sure well, yeah that's cool yeah that's very cool i was gonna say it's probably something that flies a bit under the radar here as well like we obviously get into it a little bit but yeah. if you ask a lot of the other guys that we know and it's not something that gets probably spoken about as much as it should. Do you guys know who Josh Hook is? Yep. I've heard the name. All right. Yep. So he's like two-time world champion now. Um, yep. He's in the Endurance World Championship, um, two-times world champion. He came in. I got him a ride with us, actually, when I was still riding FCC Honda. We were looking for a, a spare rider. Like, you need a spare rider in case someone spoons it in qualifying and right. hurts mm. themselves. And um, so he was looking. He didn't really have much um going on at the time and he's from Tari, which is where i'm from originally yep and um i said to them hey give this young fella a go and he he came in and like you know no flies on josh like he, he he's fast um got up to speed real quick and um ended up getting a job there and turned Amazing. into two world championships oh. so but you know he's doing well for himself and um yeah the a lot of the general public don't probably even know you know who, who he is or what he's doing but um there you go. He's getting paid to race a motorbike, and a lot of exactly. guys are still paying to do it. So yeah. he's yep. better off, you know. Yeah, that's all right. So take us to twenty-four hour Le Mans. It's three a.m. You're riding around the track. <laughs> yeah. What's Trickle, it like? Trickling with rain. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Misty. Yeah, two degrees. Yeah. Um, you know the the smoke from the um from the campfires um is hanging oh. in the air. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you come in and you 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 look like a chimney sweep, you know, from all the smoke yeah. that just hangs in the yeah right in the fog, you yep. know, and um and you've got you got to put yourself in that position. Like I got to say, if you guys ever get a chance to go to Le Mans, um, do it because yep. yeah. the it's worth it for the party alone. You know, like what most people do, they get there, they watch the start, which is which is cool. You yep. know, like it's hundred and twenty, hundred thirty thousand people in the stands. They watch the start where you run across. That's where the Le Mans start came yep. from. You run across yep. the track, jump on the bike, go. Um, they watch your first sort of stint because that's kind of exciting. They watch your first round of pit stops. Then they're like, right, let's go to the infield and get on the piss. <laughs> and then they go they go in the infield. They've got, you know, huge cover band. Like, you know, not just cover bands. I mean, like, um, 
you know big bands yeah. Um, yeah. playing it's like it's like the big day out with a motorcycle race going on that's mad that goes through the night and um and that's, and that's cool. what draws the people in you know but um yeah to do it it's it's crazy i mean you there are times in that race where you um if it wasn't for 30 or 40 people out there who might beat the shit out of you if you don't get back on that bike <laughs> you know you probably wouldn't want to want to keep going yeah. i mean i know there were times in the middle of the night where amy would wake me wake me up after you know having to sleep for 10 minutes and said you know you got to get back on and i'd be like no way (laughs) but you but it's yeah it's but i guess that's what what makes it cool it's a bit like doing a Mm. um, a marathon you kind of hate it at the time but you know as soon as it's over you get that sense of relief and um you know a day later you're looking at you know how far away the next one is you know that's right yeah it's kind of crazy yeah but i still have some nightmares for sure (laughs) definitely definitely wake up in the middle of the night oh Oh, dude yeah (laughs) 2 a.m high side you know (laughs) they used to call that the graveyard shift like sort of three four o'clock in the morning that sort of stage that's when your body is sort of telling you that you're meant to be in that deep sleep sort of phase and um you know there's there's things you do even through the night as far as sleep goes you know you can't sleep more than 15 minutes if you if you do you end up going into a deeper sleep it's to do with chemicals releasing your brain and all that shit yeah i tell you it's not fun when they wake you up and you're you're dead tired you'd want to smash someone exactly yeah (laughs) um so yeah you do all that and it's um it's it's brutal but then as the sun comes up it's crazy you can be absolutely rooted you know like um but you see a bit of sun coming up and it's like you get a second wind, you know. Yeah. You yeah. kind of feel like, oh, we're almost there. In actual fact, you're going to keep riding until 3 p.m. Yeah. Um, you're only just over halfway, really. Because they call it's, that it's golden, a mind trick, golden hour, know? don't they, when yeah. it's, the sun's rising after. Yeah. You do. You just get a second wind yeah. and you kind of um, you come good after that. But, yeah, just getting through the night in most cases is the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> Underappreciated. The hardest thing. Oh, yeah. Underappreciated. I mean, we... Yeah. I think of the car race when I think of 24 hour Lamont. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's something definitely that after speaking with you is something we have to get up, get over there and, and have oh, a definitely yeah. work trip. It's an absolute yeah. epic. Claim um, it on tax. Absolute <laughs> epic party, mate. I'm telling you. it's We like that. Good times. I mean, I have, um, I've been there where my bike's blown up in the first couple of hours or something, you know, mm. and I've thought, well, we're here. Might as well get on the piss now, you know. And, uh, Into the infield. Head, yeah, head on, head on in. Had had a great weekend. Oh, that's know. unreal, man. Uh, that's so good. But yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. It's slept, like Mad you, Max. It's you like slept Mad well Max. that night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they turn up with um, like one of the things they do is the best lounge chair. Like you get something like this, just fit an R one motor to the thing, <laughs> put it like a. A, like a fucking megaphone exhaust on it <laughs> no way yeah yeah just make as much noise as you can with it and um yeah like you know it's a thing they do over there so it, it's crazy it's mad max on the infield but um but you know everyone survives everyone has a good time oh and, yeah uh, yeah it drags loads of people in that's for sure <laughs> oh we're all about that yeah. we're all about that yeah so just back on that like graveyard shift what's track conditions like that that couldn't be easy at yeah. that time you know, you'd be surprised because, um, uh, you know, like two o'clock in the morning, it's dark. And I mean, when I say dark, I don't mean like Qatar MotoGP dark, like yeah. where it's, they're wearing tinted visors now, like with that much lighting. Um, it's They have the lights off. So like you're riding around with your headlight. Your headlight on. Um, which is 
pretty much useless because that's <laughs> that's pointing straight ahead and you're you're, yeah, looking, you're looking through the corner yep. and i mean i've done laps there where they've had to put a board out and tell me my headlights off oh, like no you've, joke. you haven't switched it on or, or you've got a problem and i haven't even fucking noticed well, yeah, <laughs> shit. so Jesus. it's dark um that's one so you think how can they possibly go that fast and then you see lap records are being broken in the middle of the night and um, the first time you see that, you just think this is just absolutely mental, you know. Mm. But as you do it more and more, um, you get you get more and more comfortable in doing it. And you've got to remember, by the time it goes dark, you've already been riding for six or seven hours. That's right. So you, you can literally do that track fucking blindfold. Yeah, right? essentially, yeah. Right? it's the same thing. Um, yeah. And then the temperature comes down, so the air is cooler. You know, your bike suddenly got more horsepower. Yeah. It runs better. Runs better. Um, the, the tires work better. So yep. you can run real super softs at night for an hour. That's cool. Whereas in the day, like they'll be, you know, chewed up in 10 laps. Cooked. Yeah. So yeah, they actually go, a lot of times they go faster at night, which is, yeah, right on. Which is crazy. But um, that, I mean, that's just another cool thing. And I mean, just seeing those bikes go around at night. Yeah. It's sick. You it's know? cool. It's Brake cool. discs glowing, yep. glowing red and, um, you know, all the exhaust backfiring. And yeah, it's unreal footage and photos. <laughs> it's cool. it's, yeah. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah, you just yeah, got to yeah. keep sniffing around. Like, I mean, the, the scariest thing is oil, you know, like because if there is um, uh, is someone shits itself and there's oil everywhere, you're gone. Or you can't see it. Well, exactly. You know, and um, then you're relying on the flaggies who have already been standing around for nine hours. <laughs> yeah, they're starting to doze off. As you well. know what I mean? Um, and the, and they they can only operate with their own eyesight. You know, like right. so, you, you you literally start. Smell, you know, smelling, sniffing smells, yeah. for oil, you know, yeah. and that's that's the yeah. scariest part of it, really. That's unreal. Yeah, yeah it's, it really is a race of attrition, isn't <laughs> it's it? Yeah. Oh, it's like like Perry Dakar or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just a different um, mindset. Yeah, you know, different different yeah. group of races. It must be so different to when you jumped in and did some Grand Prix racing. What's yeah. the differences like there? Well, I mean, the difference from sprint to endurance it's probably not as big as difference as you think i mean nowadays it really and truly endurance racing is like a sprint race yeah yeah um, it, it's not until you get a four or five lap lead where you can start to go okay well let's be a bit kinder on the uh let's go a little bit easy with the fuel load mm. let's let's you know change the mapping to run mm. lighter fuel or you know whatever you can sort of play with things like that but like it's a sprint race these days uh, but um the difference to MotoGP, well, MotoGP is just a massive jump up from anything mm. else, and even sprint racing, yeah. like from any series, from any um, jumping in that field is, it's the deepest, like biggest pond <laughs> out there. Like yeah. I, I, I still remember my first um, call up to do MotoGP, um, and I thought someone was winding me up, you know, yeah. like it was Cedo Ponds, and he said to me. Um, actually we were believe it or not we we're actually on our way to Oktoberfest <laughs> oh. <laughs> right it was it was in a um, summer break for us so I had, we had a few weeks off and Amy and I had lived in Germany for a while and we'd never um, e ended up going on you know so we said like let's go this year so we're on our way there we're almost in Munich and um, and Amy answers the phone she says oh it's Cedo Pons you know I said oh yeah how's it going she says uh, <laughs> she wants to know if you want to um, replace Loris Caparossi and I'm like it's got to be one of my mates taking the yeah. piss you know not cheeseburger Caparossi no. Jesus 
<laughs> Loris Caparossi, mate, the little bloke. Um, I had pictures of him riding that Aprilia 250 yeah. on my wall when I yeah. was a kid, you know. Look at that, yeah. man. And um, I said, uh, yeah, that'd be nice. And um, he said, and I think this was Wednesday. This was the Wednesday before the Grand Prix. So before the Japanese Grand Prix it was. And um, as I said, I'm in Europe. And uh, he said, whereabouts are you? I said, not far from Oktoberfest. <laughs> he said, oh, we'll get to the Munich airport and jump on a plane and come over to Japan. And like, that's that's how that that first thing happened Shit, and you know and end up turning up there and um you know i don't know where you know i don't know the track i've yeah. never been there before i've never ridden the ducati moto gp bike before <laughs> tough track as well um, heavy braking yeah yep. heavy braking yeah. um and like i mean even just at the airport like I'm, I'm i'm at the airport and i get on the bus um, that Ducati sort of got for us to get to the track and, you know, Valentino Rossi hops on, you know. Oh, what? And I'm thinking, fucking hell, that's Valentino. And, he, and he, he sits sort of near me and um, and anyway, we get to the hotel. There's like a thousand fans like at the front of the hotel, Rossi hats on and everything. We get out the bus. I just walk straight, to the, <laughs> straight through them all, get checked in nice and early and that, you know. He's out there for half an hour signing things and whatever and then, Anyway, and then he comes in. And we're still. Is anyone who's checked in in Japan? Have you guys been to Japan before? Never. No, never. Oh, mate, the checking process is hardcore. <laughs> so I'm still checking in, and um, and he comes up, and he just sort of taps me on the shoulder. I sort of turn around. He said, "Oh, ciao, I'm Valentino," you know. And I'm thinking, oh, "Fuck, I know who you are." <laughs> I said, hey, "I know who you are," you know. And anyway, couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. Could, could not have been nicer. What a legend. Mate, top bloke. And um, and I'll tell you what, he knew his shit too. Like he knew about what I was racing and what I was doing and what I'd been testing and, um, you know, like he, he knew yeah. a lot that was going on in the background. And, um, yeah, and then I'm next the next day I'm out there riding around in MotoGP, like, you know, trying to stay out of everyone's way. Like yeah. I'm learning the track. Fucking Casey Stone is breaking the lap record on like his second flying lap or something. <laughs> You're just like, what? Fuck, is it right over this <laughs> hill or is it, you know, like, so it was, it was deep end. Yeah. yeah talk about getting thrown sure, in. For sure. That's um, wild. Wow. But it was unreal experience. Yeah, oh man. Obviously. Like, just the fact that he took the time to talk to you about what you were yeah. doing. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine that must be like a mind blowing experience. Yeah, it was. Cause I was such just a little fish in a big, big pond. I mean, he's, and he's the, He's the biggest He's the star man, of the yeah. show, you know, and yep. um, and you know, and then even after that weekend, you know, we we talked about things, and at that time, Ducati had an open data policy, so we could uh, we could look at anybody else's data. Every Ducati rider could look at any other Ducati rider's data. So I'm I'm scouring through things that night, and um, we're going back and forth on things, and I was too big, you know. I mean, I got on Loris Caparossi's bike; they're peeling his stickers off, and I got on, and I felt like I was sitting on a bloody mini moto like the handlebars <laughs> the foot pegs and everything because he's he's so yeah. he's tiny he's yeah. tiny so i said no i can't don't know how i'm gonna get on here and they said oh no it's all right we'll get valentino's bars because valentino's pretty tall yeah yeah he's not sure he'd be taller than me skinny but um tall super tall and um so yeah they you know so we were in contact all weekend anyway sunday night i crash out of the race um because i got a hole in my radiator and um spat spat water out anyway fell down and I thought, oh, well, you know, it was going okay, but that was a good experience. I'm yep. going to be jumping on the plane on Monday. So we just got into bed pretty much. Amy had just jumped into bed. I was about to have a shower and um, and phone rings. And um, it's like 
I said, hello. He says, oh, ciao. Ciao, Damo. You know, it's Valentino. You know, I said, oh, there you go, mate. He <laughs> says, um, you want to party? You want no, to party? No way. no way. And I said, um, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And I'm saying, Amy, you fucking get up. <laughs> get out of bed right now, you know. And um, so, yeah, he says, oh, get in the, get in the cab and um, ask for the... Actually, I probably shouldn't have said that out there because I've probably given his hiding spot away. Oh, and, we can bleep it out. Anyway, you bleep that out. out. But uh, anyway, he says, yeah, go to this spot. So we get in a cab and um, anyway, this, he's, he seems to know where to go. And uh, we're getting into this seedy part of town too. And I'm thinking, it's no, nah, it can't be. He's taking us to the wrong spot, you know. So we go in and, um, you know, like up a shitty staircase, you know. Like you can't, you, you've got to picture this alleyway that we we're in. In Japan, and um, anyway, go into the bar. The bar area is about as big as this area we're sitting in here, right? That's it. And there's no Valentino in there. It's just me and Amy walk in, and a couple of Japanese people are in there, and that. And and uh, Amy says, "Oh, well, what do we do now?" I said, "Well, look, just order a beer. If he's not here by the time we finish the beer, we'll get out of here, you know." And um, next thing he walk, he rocks in. Oh no! <laughs> he way. walks in. Yeah, Nicky Hayden coming with him. Oh, Davizio, so just great. about half a dozen blokes. Yeah. Oh, you, you must have felt top of the friend, world, dude. I mean, and he invited me. You know, yeah, like, yeah. and I was just like, I just thought that was he was just so you know he, he just elevated himself yeah up um that high and uh yeah and, and we had the best night and had a great time and. You know, and I'm just a nobody really in that in that space, but it was um it was unreal. And, and I gotta say, like that's just a story, but um every deal I've ever had with him's been been yep. like that. It might have been different if I was rounding him up. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> if I actually got that close to him, it might things might have changed. But but um in terms of how he was with me, he was just just an absolute oh, legend. Yeah, it's amazing. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Top I, could, I can like, see like Daniel speechless. salivating right now. I'm not having a Daniel, you'd be crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, crying. as soon as you mentioned Nikki Hayden and Dobby as well, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> my jam right there. Well, yeah, karaoke too, you know, like oh, just oh getting God. loose. It was unreal. Flying a wall stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that is. It was. It was. Yeah. That is, jeez. Yeah. So did you race Philip Bond the week after? Or was it a couple yeah, of weeks so, after? So there's another story with that too. So like I got on the plane on Monday morning uh, in Japan and headed home, right? And I was riding um, in in the IDM with Yamaha at the time. And um, that was my paid job and the endurance, right? So I jump on a plane, I'm heading back. And then when I get there, you know, like Tuesday night, um, and this is back then, like they didn't have internet on the planes and stuff mm. like that. Like, So you're out of contact for that 14, 15-hour period. And in a... In a switch the phone on and my phone's blowing up and um and it's Ducati on the phone again saying um shit we sort of just sort of missed you but um can you don't leave the airport (laughs) we're gonna fly you back to Phillip Island because um uh who was it Barbara or Bautista I can't remember I think it was Barbara yeah yeah yeah. it was Barbara he hurt himself and um can you fill in for him you know so I literally didn't leave the airport. I just got on back on another plane yeah. um, from, you know, from wherever I was, Frankfurt, I think it was, in Germany, straight to Melbourne and um, and got off there just in time. Like we got off there Thursday morning, I Did think it really? was, Thursday lunchtime. 
saddled up and got, and got on the bike on Friday. Choice. Yeah. So you should be yeah. in Germany with a Stein in your hand. I know. Yeah. Live it like, like, is this ever going to happen? Yeah. You know? And now, you know, your second week and riding a MotoGP bike. I mean, and, that would have been amazing. Exactly. It's like they say, you know, you wait for a bus and London buses, you know, and then you wait all that time and then two of them come at once. Yeah. And that's kind of how mm. it was. Um, yeah. Crazy the way it worked out. What's Phillip Island like? As a track, is it your favourite in the yeah. world? Is it? Yeah. I think you'll probably get that answer from most riders. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I mean, there's some crackers that I've been to, obviously, elsewhere. Um, Suzuka, for example, um, absolutely yeah, big, phenomenal. Yeah, big favourite of ours. Yeah, oh, we love it. Yeah. Mate, a f- great circuit to ride as well. The whole first first half of that lap is just sensational. Mm. Um, you know, there's some there's some other really good ones for sure. But, but Phillip Island, there's just nothing that fast and flowing um and just the way it's all sort of worked out i mean like that that some of them now feel a bit computer generated you know yeah when you ride them yeah um, we do talk about this a lot we touched on that and got yeah. reamed for it yeah like the oh, bend the bend for instance mm, um, exactly good track and we got a lot of hate for saying it was a bit of a boring track but yep. you can just tell with phillip island it was just yep. the, the racetrack was just put on a piece of land yeah yeah it wasn't manufactured it no. was a, it was just a person with a with a pen and paper yeah and and used a bit of the existing lay of the land yeah, too you know yeah, what i mean right. yeah that's what that's why you get that that you know great shot of the bikes going sideways over the top of lukey heights and then that downhill into mg yeah. and um you know and then the way you accelerate from there into the probably the best two corners the last two left-hand corners yeah yeah um, onto the straight sure. and stuff like i mean that's just i, I don't think a um computer probably would have no. made it the same if they'd, if no, they'd have just looked not. at the lay of the land there but yep. it somehow it just it works so well and yeah even the bikes coming over the crest on the straight like yeah it's just yeah. and the water in the background exactly yeah. i Good mean point. the first time you go there you, you can't see uh, over the crest there you, you feel like you're riding into the mm. water you know what i mean like and then you come over the crest and you've got um a couple of hundred meters to go before you even start breaking for turn one mm, you that's know? right but yeah just it, it's a it's an amazing place the only thing that shits me about the place is um the weather <laughs> oh, <laughs> i was gonna yeah. say the weather say right? like um i mean it's an obvious one but like jesus you can have like it can be beautiful in the morning and be you know shit again yeah hurricane oh, and the yeah. other yeah um like that's the worst thing uh, about it but you know like the the actual place itself like phillip island it's mm-hmm. yeah so unique and it's mm-hmm. and it's uh you know i know a lot of the euro guys love it going there yeah because of that 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 sort of vibe you get down there um, but yeah, like I wish, you know, I, I wouldn't have anything against them picking the whole thing up and dragging it to Queensland or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you had that racetrack up there, you oh, know, yeah. on the Goldie. It's oh. interesting. It's, um, it always throws up a, a bit of a strange result. And I think that's, they, they never can get in on the track. It's always either trickling rain, cold, yeah. Yeah. hot. Yeah. They never can just do lap after lap after lap. So, You're right. Correct. Because you Maverick Vinales win a few years ago. Yeah. Marquez yeah. is going to win at any track. Cal Crutchlow. Yeah, Cal yeah. Crutchlow yeah. winning. Yeah. So it does Remember throw that up that time, weird um, Anthony Gobert won that yep. World Superbike yeah. round yep. on the, on the um, Kawasaki on the Bimota. Oh, no, it was right. a Bimota. Yeah. Yep. Piece of shit it was too. <laughs> like it was not going to do anything and the, and then he picked the, he he saw the weather coming over and um, I think he threw wets on, either threw wets, yeah, I think he threw wets on at the start and everyone else was out there on slicks and it just bucketed down and he, one but yeah like i mean that's typical philip island and that mm, that is right. that that does make it exciting and especially mm, now mm. Like with the flag to flags yeah that's crazy like good. i love the flag to flag yep. rules yep. yeah like i think you know whenever i see one of them happening i just rub my hands together yeah. it probably wouldn't have been 
you know, I've been a bit more stressful actually being in the seat, <laughs> uh, you know, but like I even think it's good for guys at the back, you know, mm. like because you can take a punt, you know. Yeah, you roll can the say, dice. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, hey, this is a bit touch and go. I'm going to stay out here, you know. Like that race the other weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piro and Piro. Piro was leading the thing. I was <laughs> I was cheering him yeah, on. I'm like, come on, son. Yeah. He uh, actually got it up. He actually went all right. Like, got a pretty oh, good yeah. lead. He was 10 seconds ahead. And oh, I thought, yeah. it stopped raining now, but oh, it, did, it didn't yeah, stop. Yeah, right. no, <laughs> it definitely no. didn't stop. But nah, that's Japan no as well. Slouch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bradley Smith did the same thing yeah. a few years back yeah. as well. Stayed out. That's right. It almost paid off for him. Paid off for Binder. And oh, yeah. yeah, one yeah. of the craziest races. Man, that was awesome. that was unreal. That was unreal. I mean, the stones that guy has oh, to man. do that too. Like, <laughs> I love Brad Binder, mate. He's he won't meet a nicer bloke. Yeah, either, you know, so humble and just lets his lets his ride and do the talking. That's right. You know, yeah. I feel and, like you um, can't hate him. Nah, nah that's alright. Be stupid nah. if you do. Yeah, nah, he's rock solid. Oh, you know, it's good seeing him doing so well for sure. Yeah. What do you think of MotoGP these days, anyway? I love it. Yep. I mean, I still love it. I think it's the greatest show on earth still. Like it's um, probably by saying that, but I just, I, you know, some of the stuff I see on TV and I'm like, why, you know, why yeah. aren't we getting more yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, um, credit for, for that? But um, I think it's changed a lot, obviously, like with the aero mm. um, coming into it, that's probably been the biggest change we've seen in recent what, times you know what do you think of the era do you think it's good for the sport do you think it's diminishing racing a little bit mm, it's it's hard to say i mean mm. you have got to remember that like moto gp is meant to be the highest technical development arena you That's know right. in, in the world so like the technology that they develop um is going to filter down onto your road bikes you're seeing wings on bmw's yep. ducatis yeah, and stuff now yeah. exactly so yeah. Like all the shit they work out there, eventually trickles down to the to the consumer on the road, right. and that makes bikes better and safer and all the rest of it. Um, but you have got to remember that they are running a, a show, and, yep. and, and it and it has got to be an exciting show, otherwise people will lose interest in it. You know, correct. So yeah, I think innovation's a good thing, but I think you've probably got to limit um, how far you can go with it so that it doesn't spoil the show. I would I would encourage innovation the first guy who come out with wings and you know Gigi Delinia give him a pat on the back and say great they're fantastic and give him a run for them until everybody else is a couple of races in and got them on there too but then limit limit how many like now you've got thing looks like fucking Batmobile oh, no, yeah. you, you, you know like yeah. how, how much he's got there so um, maybe I'd say innovate but you know sort of limit it so that yep. it doesn't spoil racing like as soon as they start whinging about difficulty of overtaking I think mm, that's not that's not good for the it's, show. Yeah, I mean, right. you want to see people blazing through the back, yeah, making making wild passes and stuff. And if that if that stops happening, you know, that's not good. We're yep. sort of going to turn into Formula One. Like that's that right. Period where Formula One had yeah. that. Yeah, you know? they'll take off at the start, and you kind of can switch off the TV. That's right. You know, yeah. who's going to win. Yeah, we don't want that. That's yeah, for sure. That's, but um, it seems like the world of motorsport is going back backwards with aero. Yep. Um, yeah. you'll yeah. think F1, even the supercars as well. Um, yeah. because obviously it does, it does diminish the racing as you touched on. Yeah. And we personally think it does. Yeah. Um, we used to see back in the good old days, Rossi Stoner passing in every second yeah. corner. Yeah. And you don't see that as much now. 
That's right. I personally think we that's think right. yeah, you, you can tow someone for you could have towed someone for a whole race and yep. back and forth back and forth. Now you got to worry about tire pressure and overheating and yep. yeah. Mm. It's just ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, it is. Um it is funny. I actually heard Brian comment on on the pod with you guys mm. about the fact that it's only that, that now that they're aware with these sensors now that mm. the tire pressure is too hot. That's yeah. right. And it, yep. I saw I thought that's a really good point because I mean I I've definitely been in situations there where my front tire has just gone to shit you know yeah. and um uh, uh, unknown you know you don't know and they've they've often put it down to oh you can get a dud from time to time in the production line you know what i mean like mm. they bake a tray of, of muffins and sometimes the ones on the outside are worse than ones in the middle you that's know? right um but like i reckon that probably had something to do with it if i spent too long behind someone and maybe potentially they were heating up more and so on so um yeah but like i just i just feel when, when overtaking becomes harder um that something's got to be done straight away because you want to see people going for the for, you know going for those moves yeah, and making comebacks and, yeah mm, yeah you, you got you can't you can't reduce overtaking so if there's anything that takes away from that i reckon that's what we got to limit it yeah, yeah. you know definitely yeah, yeah. so yeah. what are your thoughts on the sprint racing as well do you well, like that as an addition or yeah it's funny because i think i said on fox sports me and kevin mcgee um we but like when I heard about it, I was like, "Oh, that's gonna, it's gonna take away from the actual prestige of the Grand Prix." Like, I think a lot of us thought that. Yeah, did, I, I, yeah I'll, I'll say you. it. I'll put yeah. my hand up and say I was against it. Yeah, I was like, "No, nah, they're gonna water down what's what's good about Grand Prix and and everything else." And I remember even interviewing Jeremy Burgess down at Phillip Island. He he said the same thing. You know, what are you gonna say to your kids? You want a sprint race and <laughs> and all this? And I, you know, I was sort of all like on his team. But then the season started, and we watched the first couple of rounds of sprint race. And I'm yeah. like, "Fuck, this is unreal!" <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean really, so why were we complaining? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Why we're complaining. Unreal, unreal. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you the truth. I actually, I'm looking forward to Saturdays more than Sundays. I'm yeah. finding that I think as well. Now. Yeah, because you got qualifying, you got the jump yeah. out of you know, he's yeah. going to go through Q1 into Q2. So you got all that action. Like and a race, yeah, it's jam packed, dude. It's unreal. Yeah, like, Saturday's so, gonna be I don't huge miss Saturdays no, no. Like, no mm. way. No, it's like the and the race is just a cherry on top on a Sunday <laughs> yeah, night. Exactly. Well, so. Yeah, I, mean, I reckon. Uh, I think it's been a good move. Oh, it definitely has. Yeah. I think Philip Island Sprint Race could potentially be the best of the year. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I and, reckon, and that is a hard place. Bit to, of rain around in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we could also have a flagged flag. You don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, down there, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the boys at Phillip Island for sure. MotoGP have done it so well like, uh, with having an exciting, almost every practice session is exciting because it leads into a, a Q1 or Q2 yeah. spot. There's yeah. always something there yeah. into the sprint race and then obviously into the main main Grand Prix. Like a, over the whole weekend, there's always something kind of look, to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, on track there is. Yeah. Off track, off track they could probably... Do a bit more, yep. in my opinion, especially out here in Australia. Like, um, like, I, like I was just explaining to you about Le Mans. I mean, yep. just get the guys out here to go to Le Mans once and yep. Um, yep. have a look at that because it's there is as much, if not more, things off the track than there is on the, the uh, on track. You know, and 100%. Um, and I think like that's why they're getting the big the big numbers. Like, Definitely. if they had more shit happening in between Away the, from the track action, mm. it would it would be yeah. good. It's, yeah. it's funny you say that. I think it was just two episodes ago we all went on a big rant about how 
I think Philip Island Australian Grand Prix does need exactly what you said, a bit of an overhaul with you see Jerez, everyone partying in the grandstands. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you're talking about Le Mans. I think Australia is um, still, I think, old school on how they they have their spectators and, you know, if everyone wants to sit on a camp chair and just drink beers all day on the fence, that's no stress. Yeah. But to get the younger crowd in, they need to do what they do in Le Mans and he's be a bit looser. Get a DJ or something in there for the younger crowd, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Make it a bit more fun, make it a spectacle. Yeah, I mean, there's probably reasons. I, I, I don't think... It can't possibly... Nobody down there hasn't thought of it. You know, there's mm. probably somebody who's thought of it and there's, there's probably a bunch of restrictions red tape really yeah, nanny to, be, state. To, to be honest i mean <laughs> i know when i get go, go there i mean I'll, I'll park my i'll go into the tunnel there at philip island come into the track and i'll park my car um after being checked 15 times about oh. the right car pass and then i've got to i've got to get to that spot and walk across the road you know now i've i've been doing this quite a lot mm. in my life like I, i've survived so far crossing the road safely by myself <laughs> yeah. and you know there's got to be somebody there you know yeah. with his whistle, whistle and, and whoa, yeah. Whoa, yeah. you know and all this type of shit and it's like really you it's know? full on i mean it come is. on yeah you, you, like over the top yeah, they pull you yeah. back with the tape remember we had that last yeah. year oh, we trying yeah. to go to the pits and there and yeah. look i mean i don't can't even really get mad at the guy with the whistle because i'm like i know he's been assigned that task but it's but, a little things though. Yeah, yeah, and, and you definitely. know, it's just that, that's what makes it hard. And I'm yeah, sure yeah. that that would be. Well, I know when we're running stuff here, so a lot of the hoops have got to jump through to do things and that. So, I think that's probably part of it. Definitely. Um, but there's got to be a way around most of it. I think you'd think I, so. Yeah, like the F1 sure. do it. You know, yeah. obviously it's it's completely different, but it's still the same. Yeah. You know, the F1 yeah. still have a, a massive spectacle when you go there. Go yeah. to a music festival, mate. You just yeah, want, exactly. you want a music festival combined yeah. with a bike race. And they do do yeah. that at F1s. It's they have combined that that yeah. you know that um, concert inside the track. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Post race shows and whatnot. yeah, we yeah. had a good laugh and it was <laughs> MotoGP put put up a big post. MotoGP Australia, big special guest. <laughs> Okay, Philip Island. It was Chef Miguel, the <laughs> Spanish chef. Cooking that, I don't even paellas. know who that is. Right. Wow. He's cooking paellas for everyone. What's, so that he, was, what's he on MasterChef? Or yeah, something, one of those. But oh, like, yeah. it was like, they even had people commenting. You just missed the brief so oh, bad. So far, man. Tell me about it. They said, um, guest the Spanish superstar, special guest, and it was Chef Miguel. Like, yeah. everyone commenting things, seriously. Get a get a live band. Get an ACDC yeah. cover band. Yeah, get yeah. someone. Because we've got that beautiful hill. Um, in southern this uh, in the first turn inside yeah sorry the outside of the track excuse me um with this beautiful hill you could have a concert on top of there it I would know. pump you know grinspoon get them there yeah, yeah yeah i mean phil he's done his bike license with me old man he's a bike fan yeah. he'd be on it you yep. know they 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 they'd get people to do it um it's uh but yeah i'd love to see it and, and like i've got to be honest even going back i don't know um, what was it? Oh, was it like so? Probably fifteen years ago now. Even back that that long ago, like even cows was different. You know, cows yeah. Yeah, was a like massive difference. Unreal fun. Yeah, like the the you know the parties after it and and um you know the stuff they were doing in the street and this and and all the rest of it. Like it made such a cool atmosphere. Yeah, and it's been watered down oh yeah so oh, hardcore yeah now that yeah. um that that's a shame you know because well, they, they close the road off and i remember being a kid and they were doing you know monos up the Burn street yeah. and now there's cops sitting there like this checking oh, like, man, they, they run almost before... deci decibel meters yeah, on they the exhaust. like come on that's man. ridiculous man like seriously yeah it's um that's they're Victoria. not doing themselves any favors <laughs> yeah. are they no, no definitely no. not no and being a young kid seeing that was like 
this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to be part of this. Exactly. And the kids now, you know. Well, they don't even, uh, to be fair, it's not like they get the um, younger generation in. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's the difference, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the little things. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and uh, like I said, just grinds your, grinds your gears like yeah. that guy whistling at you, to you across the street, <laughs> not being a part, you know. And uh, It just sort of dampens the mood yeah. that little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, if they could just back it off a little bit, find some balance of like, okay, we'll keep on top of the dickheads here, but we'll everyone, you know, everyone else have a, have a bit of a good time. Yeah. Um, I think they'd be better off, you know. Mm, nah, that's a yeah. great point. <laughs> um, so, Fox Sports. What, how did you hear yeah. that it was finishing and we like we personally missed the disappointed, yeah. disappointed. Yeah. disappointed. show like the last couple of years obviously it hasn't you know haven't had it so i oh, know what, what happened there is there crazy. A, was it just a, a point in time where they said no more or um look i don't know what the reason for it well i mean i don't know what the reason for it was yeah. but um i just got a, yeah it's got a phone call from someone there a couple of weeks before the first round and um someone i hadn't met or talked to before and mm. you know give me the tucker carlson mate i was just chopped and it's like right um that's a shame and um i you know i hung up the phone and i was t- telling amy i said oh so that's that's um shows off mm. and then the phone rang two minutes later um and it was kev <laughs> and he said did you just get a phone call well, i said yep yeah. and he said um so do i mm. So, and that was it. And he'd been there for 26 years. I mean, yeah, I, was wow, there for, yeah. wow. I was there for three three years, three and a half years or something. Yep. He'd been there for 26. Mm, you know? Wow. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, and I, I thought maybe they were going in some other direction or maybe someone else was going to do it or what, but it just it seems like it's gone all together. And I think it's a shame because, um, like, not just the fact that I'm – not on there but like i enjoyed watching it before i was before i was on there yeah I, I never had any ambition of being on there i just they invited me on as a guest once yep um and i did the show um with chris vermulen yep I, he's great too like yeah. chris vermulen's fantastic at, at his job there and um and Stubbsy, chris Stubbs, and um anyway i come back the the monday after it and the, and the big boss from fox rang up and said you want a job and I stayed there ever since sort of thing. Yeah. So I never really planned on being there. But after a while of doing it, I enjoyed it. And, and prior to even me being on the show, what I think I liked about it was that, you know, and I think people have got to understand, most people only tune in on the Sunday night, right? Mm. Race day. Yeah. I know the full fans watch every practice, Friday, Correct. every single lap, all that, like, you know, but most of them don't. And I remember the producer saying to me, um, at the beginning of the, like, you know, the start of the MotoGP to reintroduce yourself again because it's like this is when people are tuning in. Yeah. You know, like 90% more people tune in right before the race, you know. Yep. So they would introduce us all again and all that. Um, and and I think the problem with just running the world feed is they've been talking about everything that's been happening. They've run out of, mm, yep. they've run out of right. stuff to say. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the time you're sitting there on the grid... They're like talking about the weather and like they're just grabbing for anything yep. they can fill the this emptiness with. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with Simon Crayfire and his stuff. Oh, he's unreal. He's I amazing. Like, he's a legend. They'd, they'd be rooted without him yeah. if yeah. they didn't have him on there. But yeah. like even Simon has, he has been talking nonstop since Friday. Yeah. All the way to about Sunday. The same thing. Whereas we'd come on right on the grid. Yeah. That's when our stuff would start, and we could just go through. Right. Here's the hit points. Here's the highlights right here's how the aussies are doing too by the way yeah. now you yes. don't, now you don't get to 
I mean, we've got bloody Joel Kelso there or, or mm. Senna Aegis. Yeah. Nobody knows what, what's happening. It's a good yeah. point. Yeah. I really like, I personally really like the tips. Yeah. Just before yeah, the yeah, race. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that. That was the best. And it was like, when we got us talking as well when we watched yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and between Moto3, Moto2, MotoGP, yeah. it was just a nice break. Yeah. Yeah. And to see, if you're a kid watching it and you see an Aussie talking about it, you go, oh, this is a quite a big sport, you know? It makes a massive difference massive. that I think people realize when you see Aussies speaking. And now it's just on yeah, the TV, yeah. off yeah. the TV. There's no personal thing. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, if Fox Sports is listening. And yeah, ex, <laughs> ex Grand Prix races, races, race winners talking about it. Look, you know? they might ring me up when we go back on again. And if they do, I'd, I'd be happy to because I enjoy doing it. Um, From here, of course. <laughs> I enjoy doing yeah. it from here more, yeah. <laughs> I did because in the they, lock, bring the they did, here. they did, they did it. They they run it over Zoom, mate. It was yeah. just like this. It was with a computer, and we were running it. Yep. And I did it in here, and I was saying to you, it's like, I loved it because I just, you know, I'd be sitting there in my pajama pants. I only have a business shirt on. You only see like that part of me, and then, and then the race would go on, and I duck inside and have a quick beer, and then come back. <laughs> and That's I think a lot. few rounds in, I was noticing like. My noses start to get redder and redder as <laughs> we, we noticed. You know, yeah. So I'm the red wines, and I'm thinking, I better watch myself here. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. I, I have to tell it. you though, in in COVID, it was probably the one thing we look forward to. Like the world yeah. was going mad. Yeah, we weren't going to work. We weren't be able to go outside, and you knew on a Sunday night <laughs> we could watch some racing. You yeah, know? that yeah. was just it was just one thing that kept you going. No, it was it was. Mm. Um, Oh, what would you have done without it? Like through that period, I'm so 100%. glad that they got those races done. You know, yeah. even though it was without the crowd, and would have been different for it. But it would have been a strange experience oh, going man, to a racetrack with no no crowd, and that would have felt like a test or something. But um, I'm so glad they were able to keep yeah. it going yeah. like that, the way they did because it was um, some great racing as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's interesting. Um, what's your prediction for the future? Do you just see it being a, more of a Ducati Cup? Um, do you see Jorge Martin kind of taking the reins or, and Mark Marquez going to yeah. possibly Ducati? What's your thoughts there? Yeah, he's going. He's, that's done. He's definitely out of um, out of Repsol yeah. Honda. Um, what do I think about Ducati? Well, look, I mean, you've got to give him credit because for, what, for, for such a long period of time, they were... They, they were Nowhere. Yeah, shit. Mm. Yeah, they were nowhere. Yeah, yeah, they no, were. like it's true. I mean, Stoner jumped on there that year, um, two thousand seven. Smoked everyone. He probably could have done it on any motorcycle on the grid though, because he was just unbelievable. Yeah, motorcycle rider. Plus, they also had Bridgestones at the time. They were just coming good. Everyone else was in the old Michelin and whatever. Yep. Um, not to take anything away from Stoner, he was just the, the biggest motorcycle riding freak I've ever seen in my yep. entire there life. But um. But yeah, and then after that, it just turned into a something that nobody else could ride. Mm. And then you know, like when you got Valentino Rossi coming across and can't ride it, yeah, like holy shit, yeah. Man, but you're well, in a hole now, yeah. So they have dragged themselves out of that hole, and they've eventually built the bike yeah. that everyone wants to be in. So you got to give them a bit of their time in the sun, you know. And yeah. that they're having it now, as as Repsol Honda did for. Correct, so Bloody, many years. Yeah, decades, 30 right? years almost. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all have their day in the sun. Um, uh, yeah, so, but, you know, these things can change. If anyone, my biggest opinion, I, I think um, the, the people most likely to knock them back a few pegs is um, KTM because yep. KTM, yeah, right. you know, I heard when Jack was going across to KTM, everyone was like, oh, that's going to, ruin it you know and you're thinking look he's in a factory ducati team and 
that the, the door was closing up, window there was closing up, so he had to find something. He ended up KDM. But that was a you know clever move, you know, in my opinion. He wasn't going to be able to be retained there. Mm-hmm. He had to find something else. And he went with a factory that like mean business. Like yeah. when they go oh, racing, yeah. Yeah. look at everything they've ever raced in. They have found a way to win. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's a great and, point. And, and, you, mm. and you look at the strides they've made yeah. recent recent years. So like KTM, I think also with the backing Red Bull, they're going to be um, the biggest threat to Ducati's yeah. definitely helps rain. You know, um, but it, but we need to see more of them in there. Like it's important that we keep seeing different manufacturers and, and and that they're all competitive too. Like no one wants just one brand winning everything. Like it's, mm. it's better if, if they're all um, in the mix, but look, I can't think, you, I don't think you can really say that at MotoGP at the moment. I mean, the whole grid's within it. Like you can be last in a second and a half off. The That's pace. right. It's tight still. Yeah. So it is still tight. Yeah. You know? I think in Mategi, the it was top eight manufacturers in the top eight top or ele- all top 11, 11. Top 11 yeah. in the teams in the top, Top eleven, so it's I mean, so open. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's perfect. What do you think's going on with Jack Miller at the moment? Um, hard to say. He's got a lot going on in his life mm. at the moment. Um, I mean, this time last year, I was at his wedding. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, he's married uh, Ruby, and um, so a big, big change there in in his lifestyle. Uh, I've got to be honest; I haven't heard from him. Um, almost. At, oh, barely at all since okay. since yep you ever been like one of your mates at high school have got a girlfriend and they go they go a bit mia yeah, for yeah, a while, yeah. what's that know? called them a warm a warm woman over man right, okay <laughs> <laughs> and i don't even think like i'm not saying this is her fault either yeah um, but it just happens doesn't yeah, it? it does. you know it's you life. get it's life you get you, you know your priorities change and you and uh and so on so i think he's in that phase right in the yeah. moment he's just had a, a little one too so um you know, like there's a lot going on in his in his mm. in his life, personal, personal life. life. Yeah. Um, but he, the pressure's on. You know, when you are riding for a factory, like it or or not, um, you're under the pump. You're only as good as your last race, as Correct. they say. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, especially with Brad doing what he's doing, I think hasn't made um, it easier in terms of the people signing the checks and that. They don't really know what's going on a lot of the time. Yes. And they're just looking at saying, okay, so where did he finish? And then where did where the, he finish? Yeah. And they're not looking at that's everything. That's how they look at it. You can be the nicest guy in the world. Doesn't mean shit. Uh, everyone loves Jack of course. Miller yeah. in, the, in, in the pits and in the, in, in a social setting. And I can tell you a million stories about him too. He's a great bloke. Um, but you're not there to only to be a great bloke. That's you know? right. You've got to be there you to win. Are there to, you are there to win. So I do think pressure's on mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Well, we want to see him get that boat. And I hope he look. I hope <laughs> okay. he. I hope he gets it because um, he did all right the other weekend. Um, Mategi is a track he likes. Yes. Yep. Um, hard braking. He's great on the brakes. Brilliant. Maybe to a fault. I actually think that's a lot of his issues he's having with uh, with his riding style and, yeah. and scrubbing off speed on the edge of the tire and, and that sort of thing. Um, but he's coming into some race tracks right now that really he likes and really yeah, suits, suits his style. Yeah, so he's coming into a bit of a, a, a part of the season um, that he likes. So hopefully he can turn it around, get his mojo back. Mm. And in this game, it's so much about confidence. Yep. Yeah. You know, like it makes a world man, of difference on that. It's like so ninety percent of it's between the ears. You know, as exactly. they say. So like when you feel ten foot tall and invincible, like 
you are 10 foot it tall helps, invincible. It helps in this mm. game for sure. Well, yeah. fingers crossed he doesn't get punted off in his own corner again this year. Far out, man. I don't know how. Um, how out of Alex all people, Marquez too, made man. It back to the pits yeah. alive. Like, and I mean, that's where I was sitting there, too. We had that little studio set up right in the entry to it. And, like, that's where um, the Miller family that, like, Pretty much, that, that's about fifty percent filled of Millers. Oh, yeah, that, no. that, that yeah, stand. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they were going ape shit. You a few know? froffies in. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and um, Alex Marquez had to do a swift wonder. Oh yeah, shit yeah. Just to get away from it, but um, yeah, that was bad luck, wasn't it? Yeah. Especially oh. had the corner named after him. Literally, the, whole, the day yeah. before wasn't it? Oh yeah. Thing. oh yeah. Couldn't have couldn't have been worse. Well, I remember watching that going, oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, Marquez isn't making it back to Melbourne Airport, man. Dude, I bet he was thinking that too. Right as he's going to slam up his ass, going, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So right before it happens, you realize, fuck. He was so out of control, wasn't he, in that move? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I'm, it, look, it's easier said than done. You're all, we're all sitting there now like, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah that's right. you got to make a, a decision um, almost out of instinct, yeah. you know, and um, sometimes you can't. Once you've made that decision, it's like Got jumping a, a triple. I'm like, I'm either going to jump it <laughs> or I'm not going to jump it. You never half jump it. So it's the same sort of thing. You've got to live with it, don't you? Know, you got to live with it. It's racing time. at the end of exactly. the day as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I guess mistakes just, yeah, just happen. What do you think of uh, Marquez going to Ducati? Do you think it's a match made in heaven? Do you think he's going to take over? Um,. It's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think um, my my personal opinion is I still reckon Mark Marquez is the best rider on the grid at the minute. Um, And I think it's going to be a scary sort of thought for those guys to think of what he can, what's he going to do on that Ducati. Um, So, but again, he's also got the expectation of everyone. Like this will prove it, won't it? Like if he doesn't do any good yeah um then everyone's gonna say well you know he has his he's, time has come he's in done past, his dash. you know um whereas if if he does he'll sort of you know everyone will say well we knew he was the best he's just on a shit bike and, yeah he's just on a box so it's gonna be like i'm really interested to see the way that pans out um i would have preferred you know i don't know about the grassini team like um i know alex is riding there so perhaps he's he's happy enough with the structure and the setup mm. and um because you would think that mark marquez leaving would have his pick on any, yeah. any other yeah. any other motorcycle That's on right. the grid and as it turned out it was like the only one left um so we'll 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 see um what i think is going to be interesting to see what he does after 2024 yeah. because yeah. Mm. The end of 2024 is going to come in line with everyone's yep. contracts. contracts. Silly season's going to be massive next year. You know, like yeah. they're all they're all on those deals where they end at the end of 24. Yeah. Um, and you've got, I mean, KDM's got to be like, you know, yeah, I mean, reaching for him. Hard. Surely, Bill, yeah. I think that's, the, that's the play. Yeah. Red Bull have got to be like salivating at the thought of having him <laughs> over there. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, well, that's what we think is going to happen. We think it's going to be a big sign with. With KDM, yeah, and yeah. then they'll just build a team around him. Him and Binder will be an unbelievable partnership. Yeah. Then you'll have a Costa with yep. a year That's under his belt, thing. yeah, you know, and then you can just have that dream team of uh, uh, that was that was in the car. It was on the cards too. I reckon ever Dorna giving him the places that could have actually happened. A Costa and um, Marquez yeah. together, yeah, yeah. yeah with Husqvarna branded bikes they were going to do. 
Um, Called that early, Jim. Yeah. Did you think yeah. it was a surprise they didn't... That was a surprise for me when I heard that. But, um, yeah, um, I thought that was going to happen. And yeah. I, yeah. I can't... To be honest, I can't really work out why Donna wouldn't want that to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's, we've it's, been yeah, saying. Yeah, it's crazy. Especially, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. they tend to favourite, you know, the Spanish and How much in, more interest Euros? Would, that, would that put yeah. into MotoGP? I mean, 100%. that would have created a lot of hype for sure. But, um, I don't know. Look, they, they must have their reasons. Like... I, I just can't understand why you'd limit one manufacturer while we don't want any more of them. Well, you've got how many fucking Ducatis are there? Eight Ducatis. Yeah. Mm. So I don't, I don't really. Uh, I, I know they're keeping space for another manufacturer, but who, el- who else can? Yeah, you know? that's right. And un- un- unless there's like BMW banging on the door or someone like that, you know, constantly trying to apply to get in that they know they'd rather keep that spot for. Yeah. Hey, then by all means, if they'd have said nah. We're gonna put BMW in that place instead. I, I, I'd, I'd get it. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Mm. But they've just said no, and there's nobody filling there's, there's the no shoes. One, yeah, there's no one taking that spot. Well, yeah, I don't know what, why two more bikes on the grid wouldn't have been a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I know BMW tried to make a play at it a few years ago. They were trying to develop for GP. They did. I was test riding back, oh. back in t- 2000. And there you go. Ten, you know. So how far off was that then? Well, I was, I was riding it. I was test riding it, um, and. That is sort of part of the reason how I got in got in the frame for the call up for MotoGP at, the, at yep. that time. So I only ridden a one or a couple of Grand Prix the year before in 2010, but I was riding for BMW in the Endurance World Championship, and we had a really strong team. And they started getting me to develop the MotoGP bike, and I thought, well, I'm one of their top guys in the Endurance World Championship, which was the only. They were dabbling in World Superbike and that as well at the time, but they weren't a full factory sort of squad. No, that's right. Um, and then I thought, hey, if I play my cards right, I could go into MotoGP with BMW. Mm. Uh, but then there was a, a shift in the um, marketing or somebody upstairs got got a new uh, position where they they just cut all motorcycle, motorsport all together. Overnight, bang. Um, so our entire project went to shit and then at that time um, that was about the time when they started uh, looking at the CRT rules yes yeah. remember the claiming rules yep. teams yep. and that yeah. and then they ended up kind of you know making this Frankenstein thing with the Suda <laughs> the Suda chassis BMW engine in it um, you know and it was like while while that Colin Edwards was riding it on that forward team for a yep. while yeah I remember, I remember that. that it just it wasn't no, and, and those CRT mess. days were yeah a bit how you going like yeah they were, they, there was two it was like two races in one yeah we, I think we said the exact same thing you a few episodes mean? ago yeah. like, you may as well had fucking streetlights on them and the production pretty much yeah they, they were just two complete different um, yeah I think the Moto some of the Moto 2 bikes were faster than yeah, some yeah, probably were yeah yeah <laughs> they would like, have been and I, I think I remember riding in GP with Brian at, yeah. At, yeah. at that time and um, I was riding on the PBM Aprilia which was a, which was a manufactured chassis in England with an Aprilia motor, yep. and he was riding, I think he was riding an FTR chassis with a Honda. Honda the, was that the going fun? Yeah, yep. yeah. But the thing that pissed us off the most was that um, our bikes like looked exactly the same as our teammates, and the fucking teammates we had both had MotoGP bikes. Yeah, like he, yeah. He was, that's crazy. Yeah. He was teammates with um, Alvaro, wasn't he? Yeah, Bautista. He was up there, like he's yeah, running yeah. top fives and stuff. And then you know you're running around on a bike that, like, all the punters go, you know, <laughs> yeah. come on, Brian, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mm, same with me, and like, but you know, we were just on completely yeah, different yeah, it's tackle, not know? a fair yeah. fight. 
No. no that... Well, especially the Australian Grand Prix, the Aussie... The Aussie punch I've watched on the thing would be like, well, why isn't he why as fast as yeah, him? Right. I don't get this, no, you know. So, no. I, like, I remember being at Sepang and we were 25 kilometers an hour down on top speed. Oh, 25. Dude. Two big straights. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it does not help that at all. 2.5, that's 25 yeah, kilometers yeah, yeah. an hour. Um, and, and slower around the rest of the racetrack yeah. as well. <laughs> so, it's crazy, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. So, that's crazy that. So it wasn't far off, but it got the rug got pulled really for the BMW. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. It was just it was just a um, obviously a budgets thing, and yeah. you know somebody came in and said, "Hey, well, we're spending money on this. We should be doing it on this," and and the whole thing got pulled. Michael Bartolami was going to run the project. He was he had run the Kawasaki MotoGP team with um, Gary McCoy yeah. um, those days. Andrew Pitt, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, he was going to run the project. He was running the BMW endurance team and and all of that. But as it turned out, like, that's kind of how I got that experience on MotoGP tires. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then Cito. I had ridden, my first Grand Prix had been with Cito Pons in Moto2. And he offered me the job for the rest of the year after that. But um, he said, but you've got to get yourself there. I said, what am I going to get paid? He said, nothing. I said, mate, I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. Like, I'm riding for Yamaha. I've got to pay rent and stuff. And, uh you know, I can't, I absolutely can't go yeah. for nothing. So I knocked him back, but he, but he, um, uh, he, yeah, he pleaded with me. He said, no, you know, people chew their arm off to have a ride in this championship, blah, blah, blah. And I said, mate, I, I can't do it. But I think he respected me anyway for, for mm. you know, yeah, doing what I was doing. And then, yeah, they're sitting around a table. There must have been a World Superbike round on or something. They couldn't get anybody else to fill in last minute. And then, you know, going through the roller decks and like I'm on the bottom, you know, like, Oh, I know. Call this bloke, you know, <laughs> see how he goes. And yeah, that's that's kind of how it came about. But it was there from Cedo. Yeah, Cedo's suggestion of how mm. to get me in. Yeah. So just on Cedo as well, what are your thoughts of him leaving Moto2 now and moving up into yeah. GP with, I think it's RNF next year? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what he's doing there. I think he's doing something with sponsors and marketing yeah. in the team, which he's great at. Like, he's, oh, yeah. he's brilliant. And he can sit, he can sit down at any. Um, of those sponsor evening things and can just control the room and yeah. like you know he's got some mojo in the he's in, been especially around in Spain guy. you know yeah. like he's mm. he's the man um, so yeah I'm surprised uh, that that's folded up but you know look it's a it's a lot of work a lot of stress a lot of that's pressure right. mm. um, maybe he's just you Enough. know wanting to take a, a lighter role you yeah. Know? Look, you guys worry about the budget and stuff. Yeah. Just make sure that money's in my account. And, I'll, <laughs> That's right. you know, I could turn up and drink wine in the hospitality a bit more often. Well, 30, 40 years <laughs> running a team. Yeah. Like. I mean, how old is he? He's got to be, he's got to be mid sixties or something. Yeah. Mm. You know, so it's probably not a bad thing. To take your foot off the gas and just enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, make sure the sponsors are happy in the hospitality. <laughs> probably a good job, isn't it? Really? Oh, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. But no, good bloke. Cedo Pond's mm. a great guy. Mm. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's uh we gotta catch a flight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> run out of time. We're, we're run out of time. time. Oh, so you're gonna have to do an overnighter next time. I, I think so. Yeah, we'll do so. a, we'll have to do a part two. That's an invitation. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. No, oh, we we we've got a little uh something from us as well, which I'll grab. Thanks, Tom. Have you? Yeah. This is a. What do we th- got here? Thank you to HJC so, yeah, is, uh, Australia oh, no for uh, helping us out on this right. one. Beautiful. Give us a look at it. Yeah, they're not bad lids, are they? Yeah. Man, I, I just did a review on the Alpha One. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. 
Um, oh, wow. I like this on the back, too. <laughs> They're un- unbelievable helmets, man. <laughs> Look at that. You know, oh, nice uh, stuff. So what add that here? to the collection. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want that centerpiece up there. A <laughs> couple oh, of dodgy signatures on the side. Yeah. Mate, you know what? I will. I will put that up here. That's uh, good, good memories. And when you're all... You know, got the Joe Rogan audience and stuff, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll be dream. able to point to it, yeah. There exactly. should be a little T-shirt in there as well, mate. Yeah, yeah one t-shirt. of our Republic you can wear, awesome. you, can wear you can wear that around the farm. <laughs> Brilliant. No, 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 that's great. Oh, yeah, I was awesome. I noticed those when you walked in. I thought I wouldn't mind getting one of those. <laughs> on we you. come prepared. I hope you got the XL. No, XL. we got two XL, just, Not, just in case. Okay, you, you come. <laughs> <laughs> two XL. Fucking hell, that's a bit far, but... No, but thank They're you. They're shrinking the drive. So. Thank you. Okay, brilliant. Don't say that out loud. Beep <laughs> <laughs> that out. Oh, well, you know, with retirement, racing, and everything, a couple oh, yeah. beers. No, it's true. It. It's uh, yeah, I'm not the um, the praying mantis I once was. <laughs> but no, no. Thanks for coming. I no, gotta say, good it. on you. It's like I know he's about a big day coming yep. from uh, Melbourne. It's got to be like a three thousand kilometer round trip yep. for you today. Yep. So Fair good crack. on you for having a crack. And like I always enjoy um, working with. People who are out there having a go, and yeah. I think your pod's unreal. I think it's going to go yeah. places. So, thank I you. appreciate you all the best it. of luck with it. Thanks, yeah. man. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again for having us at your estate, man. Good really on you. Really appreciate it. Thanks awesome. for coming. Cheers, Thanks guys. For coming. Cheers, mate. Good on you. Thanks again. Cheers, mate. Cheers.